Mr. Foreign Minister, nice to talk to you, sir. Very nice to talk to you, Greta. Mr. Foreign Minister, um, China. Do you think China is going to invade Taiwan or declare war on Taiwan? Uh, this is a very good question, and this is a question that the people here in Taiwan have been asking regularly. Uh, and we try to prepare for an event that China may launch war against Taiwan. Will there be war between China and Taiwan? That was Taiwan's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Joseph Wu, responding. You'll hear more from him in a moment. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. This is Garrison Hardy pinch-hitting for Pastor Tommy for this Friday, June 17th, 2022. Today, we'll be talking about the potential of war between Taiwan and China, as you heard. The U.S. is still supplying Ukraine with weapons and urging its allies to not lose steam with regards to supporting Ukraine militarily. A big win for Republicans in a historically blue South Texas and a university changes its mascot because it wasn't inclusive enough. Shocking. Before we get to our news for the day, however, a word from our sponsor from New St. Andrews College. Today's culture shifts like sand, but New St. Andrews College is established on Christ, the immovable rock. It is a premier institution that forges evangelical leaders who not only don't fear or hate the world, but is guided by God's word. They take the world back because they're equipped with the genius of classical liberal arts and God-honoring wisdom, thanks to a faculty dedicated to ac academic rigor and to God's kingdom. Find out more at nsa.edu and support those that support us. So, back to Taiwan and China. Ever since Russia began an assault against Ukraine, many have speculated that China may do the same with its neighbor Taiwan. Taiwan's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Joseph Wu, sees a lot of similarities between what's happening in Ukraine with Taiwan's situation in China. Uh, from what we see recently, uh, China seems to be uh, gearing up its uh, military preparations, and I can give you some evidences of this. Uh, the first was that uh, in the first part of uh, May, uh, China has... Uh, uh, conducted the uh, naval exercises east of Taiwan uh, for two weeks with its uh, aircraft strike group, Liaoning. And they have also conducted air uh, exercises around Taiwan, especially in southern part of our ADIZ. And in several occasions, they also crossed the medium line of the Taiwan Strait, which has been safeguarding status quo and peace and stability over this area for years. And moreover, their spokesperson for the uh, uh, PLA has spoken about uh, the medium line of the Taiwan Strait does not exist because Taiwan is part of China. And very recently, their uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs spokesperson also talked about Taiwan as part of China. And therefore, the Taiwan Strait is not an international water. So if we put all this together, we see a very threatening China these days. Did you catch that? He said China has said Taiwan is just another part of China. That sounds pretty familiar to what Putin had been saying leading up to his invasion of Ukraine, where he was quoted as saying, Ukraine is not just a neighboring country. It's an integral part of our history, culture. Heck, modern Ukraine was created entirely by Russia, by Bolshevik communist Russia to be exact. And I, I added the heck part, but you get the quote. So what's going on in Taiwan in preparation for a potential war? Well, according to the New York Times, Taiwan's defenses are, by many accounts, ill-equipped and understaffed. Its president has vowed to defend the island, but she has struggled to impose a new strategic vision on the uniformed leadership. 
Taiwan spends billions of dollars on fighter jets and submarines, yet its conscripts barely get enough ammunition for training. The mandatory military service is seen by many as too short, and the reservist program insufficiently rigorous. The military is building a professional force, but has struggled to recruit and retain highly skilled soldiers. On top of that, Taiwanese citizens are not allowed to be training with weapons of war. There are videos of them training with airsoft guns. Go look it up on YouTube right now. I just did. It's not a good look. The, the, it's totally different. There's no recoil. Not exactly the kind of preparation for an all-out war you would want, right? Thank God for the Second Amendment. I always hate the argument made by gun control supporters that say, Oh, what? You think the average gun owner would have a chance against the federal troops? Answer? Yes, they would. We have 300 million plus people in this country. About 42% of American households have guns in the home. And there are more guns than people here in the U.S. Yes, They'd be a problem for those federal troops. Oh, by the way, visit our friends at Armored Republic if you want to get armor that could stop bullets from the Imperial troops. I digress. Underlying Taiwan's defense dilemma is a question left unanswerable by design. Will the United States send military forces to Taiwan's aid? In May, you all, I'm sure you all remember, President Biden suggested he would. But the United States offers no explicit security guarantees, a strategy it hopes will avoid either provoking Beijing or emboldening Taiwan to declare formal independence. Mr. Xi has said he seeks a peaceful unification with Taiwan, <laughs> which is why their military is being so aggressive. And he may be determined by the huge economic, or he may be deterred by the huge economic and diplomatic blowback China would suffer for an invasion. But China has also been pointed in its warnings. Its defense minister, Mr. Xi, has said for weeks that he seeks a peaceful unification with Taiwan, <laughs> which is why his uh, military is being so aggressive. And he may be deterred by the huge economic diplomatic blowback China would suffer for an invasion. But China has also been pointed in its warnings. Its defense minister said over the weekend that Beijing would... Fight to the very end for Taiwan. It is sending fighter jets towards the island almost daily, including 30 aircraft in one day last month alone. The concern is such that such maneuvers could intentionally or otherwise be a prelude to conflict. Now, I mentioned Ukraine earlier. Let's see what's going on over there. According to the Associated Press, the U.S. is sending $1 billion more military aid to outgunned Ukraine. Well, good. Well, at least this won't add to our inflation. The U.S. announced it will send an additional $1 billion in military aid to Ukraine as America and its allies provide long-range weapons they say can make a difference in a fight where Ukrainian forces are outnumbered and outgunned by their Russian invaders. President Joe Biden and his top national security leader said Wednesday the U.S. is moving as fast as possible to get critical weapons to the fight even as Ukrainian officials protest that they need more, faster, in order to survive. The latest package in the U.S. said includes anti-ship missile launchers, howitzers, and more rounds of the high-mobility artillery rocket systems that U.S. forces are training Ukrainian troops on now. All our key weapons systems and Ukrainian leaders have urgently requested as they battle to stall Russia's slow but steady march to conquer the eastern Donbas region. 
The aid is the largest single tranche of weapons and equipment since the war began. Biden, who spoke by phone with Ukraine's President Zelensky for about 40 minutes Wednesday, also said the U.S. will send $225 million more in humanitarian assistance to provide safe drinking water, medical supplies, food, health care, shelter, and money for families to buy essential items. The U.S. remains committed, Biden said in a statement, to, quote, supporting the Ukrainian people whose lives have been ripped apart by this war, end quote. The aid comes as Austin convened a meeting in Brussels of more than 45 nations to discuss support for Ukraine. At the start of the meeting, he warned that the West must step up weapons deliveries to Ukraine and prove its commitment to helping the country's military fight along a 1,000-kilometer, 620 miles for us Americans, <laughs> front line in a grinding war of attrition with Russia. He told the participating nations, we can't afford to let up and we can't lose steam. The stakes are too high, end quote. Overall, since the war began in late February, the U.S. has committed about $5.6 billion in security assistance to Ukraine, including this latest package. Officials said that about one-third of the latest $1 billion will be from presidential drawdown authority, which means the Pentagon will take weapons and equipment from its own stock and ship them to Ukraine. The remaining two-thirds would be equipment and weapons purchased from industry by the U.S. and then transferred to Ukraine. So that is our situation overseas. But now let's turn our attention to the U.S. Before we do that, however, this year, our national conference is in Knoxville, Tennessee. October 6th through the 8th, the theme of this year's conference is lies, propaganda, storytelling, and the serrated edge. Satan is the father of lies, and the mother of those lies is a government who has rejected God. We have especially been lied to these last two years, and the COVID panic has been one of the central mechanisms that our government has used to lie to us and to grab more power. Because Christians have not been reading their Bibles, we are susceptible to lies and weaken our ability to fight these lies. God has given us his word to fight Satan and his lies, and we need to recover all of God, his word, its serrated edge, and all. So mark your calendars for October 6th through the 8th as we fight, laugh, and feast with fellowship, beer and psalms, our amazing lineup of speakers, hanging out with our awesome vendors, meeting new friends, and more. Early bird tickets, they're already available now, folks, but they're going to be gone before you know it. End of June, I think. So sign up now at flfnetwork.com slash Knoxville 2022, and we'll see y'all in Tennessee. Now, uh, let's go to another state that starts with a T, Texas. According to the Daily Wire, Republican Myra Flores wins U.S. House seat in South Texas. First GOP win there in 100 and 50-plus years. Wow. 150, folks. According to the Daily Wire, Republican Myra Flores has flipped a U.S. House seat in deep blue South Texas in what is likely indicator of the coming red tsunami that could hit Democratic the Democrat Party this fall during the midterm elections. Flores beat Democrat Dan Sanchez in the special election for Texas's 34th Congressional District. The seat was previously held by Rep. Filmon Vela, who stepped down earlier this year to become a lobbyist as all signs pointed to a brutal upcoming midterm election season for Democrats. <laughs> so he just, yeah, let me, let me get out of the way of this. Flores is now the first GOP candidate to represent that area of the Rio Grande Valley since 1870, the Houston Chronicle reported, adding that she is now the first congresswoman born in Mexico, the more you know. To put this win into perspective for you guys, Hillary Clinton won 
Myra's, uh, Myra, Myra's County, Cameron County, by 33 points back in 2016, and Biden won it by 13. So very blue. The region has been devastated by Democrat President Joe Biden's border crisis, something that has turned off many Hispanic voters that have typically voted for Democrats in the past. Republicans have been eager to flip the seat as part of their new offensive in South Texas after Biden's underperformance throughout the uh, predominantly Hispanic region in the 2020 election. Flores and her allies spent over $1 million on TV ads in the special election, the Texas Tribune reported. The dynamic put Democrats into an unusual underdog position in a region of the state where they have long dominated. Vastly outspent by Flores, Sanchez repeatedly compared the special election to a David versus Goliath fight with himself playing David. MSNBC columnist Eric Michael Garcia panicked over the results of the election, saying that Democrats needed to be sounding the alarm immediately. Wow, what a change of events in South Texas. Is the red tsunami coming? We'll stay tuned, folks. Now, for the topic that I love, sports. Although this one, again, not a topic I love. I guess this is more of a mascot anyways. George Washington U dumps colonial mascot for not being inclusive. The founder of our country. But whatever. George Washington University officials have decided to remove the school's colonial mascot following years of woke activists demanding the university ban it for not being inclusive. Students then suggested the university change its mascot to a hippo or a river horse. <laughs> After a thoughtful and deliberate process that engaged the university community for feedback, the George Washington University's Board of Cowards, uh, I'm sorry, trustees, has accepted the recommendation of a special committee to discontinue the use of the Colonial's moniker, GW announced in a statement. The statement continues, The decision to change the Colonial's moniker was not taken lightly, the university added, before stressing that a new moniker will help unify the university community and serve as a source of pride. In a purported email shared to Twitter by Young Americans Foundation, the university wanted to stress that it's important for the new GW mascot to reflect the values and strengths and diversity of our worldwide population. Not our country, but, you know. The university added that choosing a new moniker will require a deliberate and thoughtful process that will engage the entire GW community of alumni, students, friends, faculty, and staff to ensure that everyone has a chance to be heard. GW announcing that it has decided to scrap the Colonials comes after years of woke activists demanding a change to the mascot. The initial call to ban the university mascot began in 2018. In urging GW to end the Colonials, students argued that the nickname may discourage the campus community due to it not being inclusive. Students then suggested the university change its mascot to Hippo, or River Horse. Hippo? That is so not inclusive of fat people, I am sickened by these suggestions. The university said it will continue to use Colonial's mascot until a new nickname has been chosen. The school's new moniker is expected to be introduced by the 23-24 academic year. Hippos. <laughs> well, on that note, this has been your Cross-Politic Daily News Brief. If you liked the show, share it. If you really like us, you should sign up for a club membership at flfnetwork.com slash membership. And as always, if you want to become a corporate sponsor for CrossPolitik, let's talk. Email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. For CrossPolitik News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day, and Lord bless. Have a great weekend. See you next time.